Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. Malaga kicked off 2023 with a 1-1 draw against Tenerife at La Rosaleda. It was a much better performance from Los Blanquiazules, but the same old story of failing to put the ball in the back of the net when on top, or at least not putting the ball in the back of the net enough. We'll discuss that draw and whether the point really is enough for Malaga at the moment as a tough run of fixtures beckons. That tough run starts with an away trip to top of the league, Ibar. Joining us to preview that game will be Ibar fan Liam, who runs the European Football Express on Twitter. But before the European Football Express rolls in to the next platform of GiriCast podcast, let me introduce the people who are going to keep us on track with all things Malaga first. So joining me this evening are Alex Ashmore and Nick Bell. Alex, how are you, first of all? I'm good, thank you. Back in Exeter. Um exam week at the moment so I had my only exam today Spanish translation so I'm now done for the week what did you have to translate it was a an excerpt from a book I can't remember the author but it was a it was an excerpt from a from a literary piece and then there was a few commentary questions afterwards on it so no but I thought it went quite well which is good good stuff I was, I was hoping you'd say like I don't know something off the La Liga website or something then and you could have been licking your lips although actually I bet that's a bit harder to translate because there's probably a lot of cliches and idioms and stuff which perhaps are a bit harder to translate I, I don't know although I suppose literature would have that too with convoluted metaphors and similes anyway enough of a exam week for Alex uh Nick you have moved from a weekend in Malaga to a hotel room in Telford so how are you yeah it's a glamorous life I lead I know but uh yeah after the beautiful hotel we stayed in uh at the weekend the the icon in Malaga if anyone's looking for a great stay just a free plug there they'll pay me later um to Telford Golf Club uh, which is nice to be fair but it's just the sure fact that it's in Telford. And you, like just before we press record, your your food arrived. What are you having for um, for your late evening meal after enjoying some tapas with me on the weekend? Is your hotel meal better? No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think some of the tapas that we had this weekend was uh, sensational. Um, and I went to uh, El Cortegil de Pepe on the Sunday. Oh. Uh, so that was sensational as well on uh, yours and Christian's recommendation. Uh, I know I've been there before, but I think the Sunday menu is a little bit different, which was good. Yeah. Uh, but tonight it's just burger and chips, some onion rings and a lemon tart. Um, I didn't want to go too mad. Yeah, you, you know, you want to you want to save the fancy stuff for the fancy places, don't you? Telford, Telford is no place for tapas. Um, um, although, if there is a good Spanish restaurant in Telford, let us know and maybe... Um, People can check it out. <laughs> um, speaking of Spanish and British crossovers, um, we talked last week about Malaga potentially signing. Well, it was almost certainly done last week, but after a few hiccups, Arvin Appiah, that is confirmed now. Arvin Appiah is on loan at Malaga till the end of the season. We spoke quite a lot about him last week, so we won't go into too much detail again. Um, Alex, are you generally happy with this transfer? Yeah, I think obviously the eight million pound price tag that Almeria paid for uh, Almeria, sorry, paid for him is you know something he's struggled to live up to so far. But 
you know, you've always got to look at it from a positive point of view. And, you know, Malaga are struggling at the bottom of the table. Goals are something they need. Hopefully that's something he can bring to the team. And, yeah, it's nice to have a, an English lad to, to join us down in the Costa del Sol. Yeah, it's just um, quickly on this time in Almeria. I, I don't know if I just missed it when I was looking him up last week, but I was quite surprised to, fee- um, to see that he played quite a lot of games for Almeria two seasons ago. So it seemed like lots of uh, substitute appearances, but he did like start 11 games for them. So I don't know, it'd be quite interesting to get our friend um, Brian, you know, Brian who we've had on the podcast um, before, who's an Almeria fan, to see what he made of him in that spell. Because that seems to be the the spell when he's played most consistently or, you know, 32 games over a long season. I, I don't know how lengthy some of those substitute appearances were, but um, I'd be interested to know. Um, Nick, what about you? Any any change of heart over the week? Are you generally happy with this or have you thought about it and decided what's the point in this transfer? What are you thinking? No, there's clearly some potential in the lad, otherwise he would have cost £8 million. You know, if he's costing that much, you know, I must be worth something. Um, but it, it's just the fact he's not had this time to shine, and is he going to get the opportunity to do so in in this team and the situation it's in? I'm not too sure, if I'm honest. Hmm. Goals wise, I don't think we can expect too much from him. I think people who are thinking he can come in and bag a handful are going to be bitterly disappointed. But if he can contribute and he makes a, a you know a decent effort, more effort than say what some other players have shown recently. Then yeah, why not have him? He's he's an, he's another face in a position that we're lighting. Yeah, I, I suppose the I think we touched upon this last week a little bit, but we don't really play with winger wingers, if that makes sense. And we have played with wing backs at times. Hard to see where he exactly fits in at the moment. Um, I suppose we have started playing with a more four at the back recently, and we certainly did in the Tenerife game for most of the game. Um, yeah. I agree. I, I'm sort of happy, but we, we'll see what happens. And just to be clear, we do still believe he is the first Englishman to play for Malaga. Although I know I saw some people tweeting that just that he's only got a uh, an English passport. He's not really English, as someone responded to us. But uh, I think in the football world, his under was it under 19 caps and below he's he's uh, very much english in our eyes and as you pointed out nick uh, you can't have an english passport can you we've we've uh, we're all brits in that sense in the passport world um another one again we talked about last week and i think alex you sent it to me just before we started recording and then alex fitzpatrick of the spanish segunda show sent me the same sort of article that alago junior's contract has been terminated at mallorca which means he is free to sign for another club we are guessing that club is malaga still i don't believe i've seen him linked elsewhere um any new thoughts from last week guys or are you happy with this yeah, I again kind of like Alvin Appiah. I guess really we don't really know loads of information on on Lago Junior, and obviously he's been at Mallorca. He played some games in Primera in the last couple of years. I I looked up his name, and one of the first articles that comes up is a Sky Sports article of him scoring his first league goal against Real Madrid. So it can't be that bad. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, another case of you know putting him in the team. If he scores some goals, brilliant. If he doesn't, we haven't spent any money on him. 
I hope uh, Alex Fitzpatrick does not mind me reading out the message he sent me um, after sending me this news. I think it's all stuff he would have said anyway, but he did message me. Good luck with that one too. Think I said the same about Reyna and Lumor. Fairbass has turned out better than I thought he might be, to be fair. But then he does add on the end, Nick, but still not sparkling. <gasps> He's got some cheek, that man, hasn't he? Honestly. That's just the downness of people born in Preston. <laughs> um, yeah, we do seem to be leaning. I didn't really think about it, but we, we seem to be leaning on uh, Mallorca's has-beens quite a lot. Um, what about you, Nick? I, I actually think I, I'm a little bit more optimistic about this signing than Appiah for some reason. I don't have any logis- like logical reason, but... No, I was literally about to say the same thing, Matt. I think I'm more inclined to be excited about Lago Jr. joining than Arvin Appi because Lago Jr. has been kind of proven his worth. Do you mm. know what I mean? He's He's been a consistent performer for Mallorca in the past. He's um, played internationally for his country. He's on the um, older side, don't get me wrong, but when you get to this age, you've not played football for, I think it's about 12 months. He's been sort of in and out of the team. The, the appetite to perform well is is there. So, you know, maybe he can come to Malaga and, and really show his character, really show his worth, and we could end up with a really good performer. So, yeah, I think out of the two, this is the one that excites me more. OK, just quickly, we'll stick with players potentially coming in. And I, I just saw this, um, I, I saw it on El Desmarque. I can't remember who re- um, reported it originally, so you have to forgive me for that one. But uh, we've been linked with signing um, Oscar Ureña, from Girona, who's a 19-year-old sort of attacker, it seems. Um, played a little bit for Girona. Um, I had a quick look earlier. I couldn't really find much about him. Um, I don't know if you guys did. Would this be on loan or permanent transfer? Do you know? Uh, I don't. <laughs> but I think it was on loan, if I remember rightly. I think it'd be on loan. I'm guessing yes. with a player that young uh, would be on loan. Um, it's, it's another winger, which... Yeah, if we, you know, we've, we've got Arvin Appiah. Do do we really need another winger? Is that something we need? Or is there, I think, are there positions in the squad that we could bolster, you know, maybe centre-back or another striker? I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm not sure another winger should be top of our priorities. Before we move away from Arvin Appiah, um, I forgot to mention this, that on, um, what, when, what day were we recording? So he signed two days ago, didn't he? Because um, I kept reading Arvin Appiah on my timeline. Um, I don't know if I... <laughs> this is so weird. Um, in my head, I just kept getting the... Um, I would walk 500 miles, but... Arvin Appiah, Arvin Appiah, Arvin Appiah, Arvin Appiah. I don't know why. That's what was going through my head the other day. So if anyone wants an Arvin Appiah chant, there, there it is. <laughs> Maybe it's because uh, I did actually walk 500 miles this summer and I think I hear that song quite a lot and a lot of other people playing it. And when I came back, lots of people were playing it to me going, oh, did you like your song now? Anyway. Um, uh, someone has left then, guys. Juan Fran has left the club. Uh, I don't think any surprises there. There seemed to be a little bit of, I don't know, beef behind the scenes. He's signed for Oviedo. Nick, uh, any thoughts on this? Uh, other than that, he's got a hell of an agent uh, <laughs> to get him into Oviedo. Um, 
Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm never uh, I'm never going to be here to completely slag somebody off. You know, his contributions were um, okay. Like I say, putting more crosses than anyone I've ever seen play football. <laughs> um, you know, wish him the very best. Let's just hope you can swing across into the penalty spot for Borja Baston. Um, I don't know how that's going to work for them, but yeah, we move on. We get somebody else new, or we've got somebody else in already. Um, best of luck to him. Yes, uh, Alex, uh, will you miss Juan Fran's crossing? I won't, but I fear that I might start missing him when he turns into, as I said in my tweet, prime Carvajal when he starts playing for Oviedo, <laughs> as yeah. Malaga's players seem to have a knack of doing when they leave the club. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll mention um, my sort of comments about our new right-back <laughs> during the Tenerife game, um, when we talk about the Tenerife game. Um because that um, didn't go too well for me as we were recording Vamos a la Rosaleda. Um, just to finish with then, guys, um, we haven't spoke to Rocio for a few weeks now, but uh, we thought we'd get an update on Malaga Femenino. So here is Rocio, our mate, to give us the lowdown on what's going on with the Femenino. Good afternoon, mates. Uh, today I bring you the news of the Malaga women's team. This week, the team has achieved the first win of the year. Uh, the team travelled to the Canary Islands to face the Union Victoria, and the match was quite equal and with few chains of scoring. In the second half, Malaga improved with the chains and got the win goal with five minutes to go. Futu was in charge of scoring. After the win, the team ranks fourth in the classification. This week, uh, there have been two very important news. The first is that Sonido Ralvo has been seriously injured. The player suffers a cruciate ligament injury to her knee, and she will be on lead for several months. The other news is that Felicite leaves Malaga after arriving in summer and having a few minutes. And for finish, this Sunday, Malaga will face the leader of the category, Balears Football Club, at 4 in the afternoon in Rincón de la Victoria. And this is all, mates. Thank you very much. So thank you, Rocio, there with the update about Malaga Femenino. And of course, we wish a speedy recovery to Sonia Torrevalo, um, who has done her cruciate uh, ligament injury. Of course, we've had a lot of issues with that, with the men's team over the last 18 months or so. So a speedy recovery to her too. Um, so Malaga Femenino started 2023 with a win. Uh, Malaga Club de Football men did not. So let's go to the next part of the podcast where we're going to talk about our draw against Tenerife. <laughs> So Malaga won, Tenerife won, another game without losing, but again, still failing to secure those three points when possibly we should have. But um, I'll start with you, Nick, because, you know, we won't let football ruin our day, will we? So first of all, we touched on it earlier. Um, How did you enjoy your Saturday back at um, La Rosaleda and perhaps more more so um, your sort of weekend in Malaga? It was absolutely fantastic uh, and I certainly made the most of it. 
Um, and I really enjoyed, you know, meeting up with you and Christian, then going out for a few drinks and tapa with you guys before the game. As always, La Rosa later um, didn't, um, ups, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Upset. They did let Disappoint. Me down, <laughs> Disappoint, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, what was it, 21,000 there yeah. to watch Malaga's Tenerife? Fantastic. And let's say I was a bit animated um, whilst I was there. It was really good. The one thing I will say is I'll take my hat off to you, Matt, because I know it's been few and far between recently, but when Malaga do pick up points and you do points being Pacharan, I did points being Pacharan, and I can tell you this for free, it is not nice. What? No. (laughs) Stop recording. Stop recording. It's lovely. (laughs) I I know everyone else enjoys it. It's very um, aniseedy for me. Especially, I, I maybe need an alternative like points mean, you know, Vimto or points mean something <laughs> else. You should try Frangelico. Matt doesn't like it. But oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. That was horrible in Cartagena. Yeah, yeah. it's a sort of nutty drink. That is, is... To be fair, it, I, I said this to Dave. I said um, he usually does a shot. And I think if it was a shot, I probably would have handled it better. But I think with the giant glass and things, it I... was a slow burn. But fair play to you, Matt, for doing that every week, because I know I certainly couldn't. Well, so, to be honest with you, Nick, to sort of draw the curtain back a bit here, um, there's usually a shot and a big glass. <laughs> the shot is for the, the optics. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely getting into the big glass drinking. It's, it just It's nice at the end of an evening, especially when... I was going to say after eating, but I realised we hadn't eaten for a few hours by then as well. I think it was a surprise. And I think it's the fact it came out of a, um, what one might call an indiscriminate jug. (laughs) It was just like unlabeled and like it had been brewed at home or something like that. So maybe I was suspect from the start, but yeah, still nice to do a points mean patch run in Malaga with yourself. That's the, um, the like, say, the bonus of it all. And we could say as well that uh, we, we should shout out to your mate Dave, who had a, a lovely time. And uh, if results had gone differently, if Malaga had scored one more goal, he was getting a tattoo of, um, he just said, the club. I don't know what he was getting. I'm guessing the badge. Um, and I got so excitable. I'd said, if they score and his prediction came right, I'd get a tattoo of his face. Um, I don't think I would have gone through with that. But, uh, hey... Here's a good plug. If you like the sound of a day out in Malaga, why not go listen to our Vamos a la Rosaleda episode from this past, what day was it? Saturday, wasn't it? Um, all sorts of fun and content. And yes, you can hear Nick being um, a bit, um, what was the word you used? Tempered. <laughs> Animated. Animated yeah. was the word I think, you used. I think the bit where I'm screaming... Every bloody week. Yeah. <laughs> um, af- after you'd uh, slapped a few chairs in front of you. They are slappable chairs, to be fair. That's just the way their stadium's built. <laughs> they are, they are. Um, actually, speaking of that, someone um, I, I was really happy with my photography skills the week, but uh, sorry, the match day before, which must, must have been the Alaves game, because someone messaged me saying, um, and you know where I sit towards the top of La Rosaleda, saying, are those padded seats? <laughs> so I don't know what my camera did, but they they generally thought they were padded seats. I was like, they are definitely not padded seats. <laughs> They are definitely not bad seats. <laughs> but uh, we stood up for the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's um, not you know those seats haven't changed in a while, which uh, brings us on to our starting eleven because the starting eleven didn't change much actually. Um, obviously, we wanted to have a bit of consistency from that game 
where we beat uh, Alaves before Christmas. It was pretty much the same start in the 11, apart from Juan Day coming in for a suspended Esteban Burgos, which I think is a very positive uh, move. Um, were we happy with keeping our start in the 11, Alex? Yeah, I think especially the run uh, that we're looking to, to pick up and the form that we're in, I think we're starting to play better football and I, I know I've said in the past that when it, you know when it's going wrong, change things and you know try and try and mix it up. But I think it's starting to slowly go right, slowly. <laughs> and when it's starting to slowly go right, I think consistency is the key. Getting the players playing in that formation, using those tactics together so that they gel more. Something I haven't said in quite a while actually. But yeah, I think it, it's nice to see familiar faces on the on the field. And, you know, I think if needs be, obviously, chop and change one or two. But I like it. Yeah, and let's go straight to that with the whole idea of gelling, because I think you put something in the WhatsApp group as well, Alex. Um, I think you just put, because you were sober, you just said, we're playing some nice passing here, where me and Nick were going, what's this? What's going on here? Um, There was some really nice football in, especially the first half an hour, Nick, wasn't there? Absolutely. It was, um, yeah, very chalk and cheese to, to what we've been used to. Um, and, and some of the intricate playing, uh, I think we're going to come on to the blonde dynamo that is uh, Fran Vialba uh, shortly. But I was I was impressed with the first half, especially, and some of the football being played. I think I tweeted that uh, Malaga are playing football that isn't becoming of a team that are in the bottom four of the league. Mm. And, yeah, we were just really spurring them on. Yeah, and actually, like, um, we're in the past, or certainly the first half of the season, we have had quite a few games where we've had um, the most possession and, you know, we've sort of just played it safe a little bit. There were openings appearing in this game too. And uh, there was that one, and again, I I think I watched the highlights back and it didn't show it, but there was one move towards the edge of the box in the first half where there was just like a succession of like back heels and flicks and I can't remember who got a shot off, and or maybe they did, or maybe got blocked. But it's like, what on earth is this sort of uh, magic? It was, I was really, I really enjoyed the like the first half performance. It was, um, you know, maybe not absolute clear cut chances, but there were things opening up against the team who, and um, perhaps we'll talk about shortly, that were quite uh, stubborn and quite defensive and were very, very deep. Um, so it was working, but yeah, like you said, Nick, let, let's get on to the the blonde dynamo. I, I said to you, Nick, during the game, it's a bit like when Sonic the Hedgehog turns supersonic and turns gold. Um, uh, Fran Vialba, who I think it took us a little bit of time to work out if it was him with the blonde hair, um, was really, really good. Um, obviously, I know Nick's thoughts on it because I was sitting next to him and saw, saw him live tweeting about him as well. Um, what about you, Alex? What did you make of Fran Vialba's performance in this game? Well, I, I think it must be the. I don't know whether he's got a new barb or is you know he's just re, rejuvenated by something Pepe Mel said to him. But no, I, I, I'm you know really impressed with him, and you know it's nice to see a player that you know obviously we we like it when any player performs, but someone who's maybe not done the best previously and is sort of coming good, and we're seeing the talent that they have and. Fran Vialba definitely, you know, will be, I think he'll probably get a mention in the uh, Biznagas conversation later on. Yeah, Alex, he, he basically, he collected all the Chaos Emeralds and that's that's how you turn supersonic. Um, although, sorry, I did I just realised that you are 
you're quite young, so I don't know if you know. No, I don't so- know Sonic. Okay. Well, Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog, so I don't know if it's the same sort of like genre. I know it's the same character, but it might be a later game. Okay. Alex, if I was to say the words Sega Mega Drive to you, <laughs> would you recognise what that is? Yeah, I've seen pictures. Sega. And I think- I've seen pictures in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was what was that GCSE history? I think. Um, but it's, no, me, it's I've yeah. just I've just realised as well that Alex like is it the same character? And I guess to Alex's generation, Sonic the Hedgehog's quite a an oddball character. Whereas it's like me and Nick, he was like uh, it was him or Super Mario when you were a kid. They were the big rivals. Now I was very much Team Sonic. Um, um, I used to, I think I've still got a Sonic the Hedgehog T-shirt somewhere. He's, one of my childhood heroes. Um, tell you who was heroic, Nick, moving away from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, was Fran Vial, but do you want to say anything more on him than, um, I can't remember, what did you tweet? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was something along the lines of the Blonde Dynamo type thing, but uh, no, he was fantastic. I think, you know, confidence, has been, it's been showing that confidence is a real big thing for players at the moment, and we've seen more and more cases of it. I think Vial, if he is, reaching peak confidence then he can be really dangerous for us so Pepe Mel's clearly put an arm around him told him to go out there and play and you know the last three performances from him probably since mid-December he's not really stepped a foot wrong has he well yeah but he's been like I think confidence is the one where he's been steady in those games in this game I'm gonna say something quite big here so I'm quite careful how I word this. I am not, I'm I'm about to compare him to Iniesta. <laughs> um, but I just mean in the way that like, the way Iniesta where the ball would be rolling to him and he would shift his body one way and the players would follow him and then he'd sort of duck a shoulder and go the other way. He did that quite a lot. And I thought, and I've not seen him do that ever. So I don't know if he like, I don't know got a book on football skills over Christmas or something, or the the Kings brought it. But he just seemed, like you said, confidence was the word. He just looked like the first one came off and he just seemed like, yeah, he, he had some swagger about him, which is not what I associated him with, really. I, I thought he was quite, oh, yeah, he's been like a six or seven out of ten in those two games. He's just kept the ball nicely. Oh, you know, but I didn't really see him as breaking forward. Whereas in this game, it was just everything was coming off for him. He was... I think it's one of the best performances of the season from an individual, actually. Um, yeah, keep it up and keep the blonde hair, please. Uh, uh, we'll just quickly mention former Malaga player Juan Soriano was uh, getting a bit of stick from the, the home end, um, especially in the first half when he was by the Fondo Sioux. He got a book in, uh, one of the earliest bookings I've ever seen for a goalie time-wasting, actually. Um, I don't know if Alex or if, if Nick, you remember what minute it was on. It was, it was around the half-hour mark, wasn't it, though? Yeah, it was definitely first half. Yeah, it was... Um, because usually that's the sort of thing you only see refs do when, I don't know, a team are ahead and the goalie's wasting time. But, oh, wow, there was so much time wasting this game. And me me and Nick noticed that, like, um, we kept we thought they were going to do Sunday league goal kicks, didn't they? Where the defender looked like he was going to take it. And then at the very last second go, nah, I won't take it and move off. And I know, you know, I'm not saying Tenerife are the first team to do this ever, but there was there was a lot of this sort of antics, wasn't there, Nick? Uh, what, what did I call it? Um, it was total Brexit football, uh, which is probably the kind of thing I can describe it as, if I'm honest. But yeah, some of the antics just—they they weren't impressive, and they, and they they didn't look like a team that in the previous season were what only 90 minutes away from reaching the Liga. Hmm. 
you know, they didn't do that last year either, did they? Or am I, did I miss all that? I know they were tough to break down last year and defensively solid and, and in games like this, they used to do really well. But none, none of the stuff that they did, the antics they were showing in this game, it just, you know, really, really sucked the life out of things. Yeah, but that, I suppose that's it, isn't it? That we did go in nil-nil at halftime. And I suppose there was, like, I think I, think I, I mentioned the we seemed to just be shooting from distance because we didn't really have much option or there was like corners going to the edge of the box and we were speculatively hitting it on the volley. Um, I think the only really clear chance was Ruben Castro getting one cleared off the line off, off the top of my head. I don't know if I can think of anything really where it really, really opened up for us. Like I said earlier, some of the passing was creating these little gaps, but Tenerife were very stubborn, irritatingly. <laughs> Um, Alex, anything to add on Tenerife or just the first half in general? No, I think, you know, like we mentioned earlier, there were some nice passes of play from Malaga and I think we're slowly, it feels like I say this every week, we're slowly starting to see more nice football. Um, you know, I think, yeah, the <laughs> the difference in messages was, oh, we're playing some nice football here and then a few... Uh, uh, well, similar comments, but with a few expletives back in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was deserved, those expletives, because, well, we were playing some really nice football in the first half. Um, yeah, and then obviously second half, we made a substitution. Gennaro um, got subbed, who I thought was really good, actually, but was on a booking, um, which, you know, he was on booking very early on, I seem to remember as well, around like the 15th minute, somewhere close to there anyway. Um, so it's great to see Alex Gaillard come on, who was playing... Um, so well in the games before um, he stopped playing because of um, a tragedy in the family. I think I was saying to Nick during the game, he he was playing very, very deep, sort of like you saw that on the right, but not very deep, but deeper than maybe he should be. And you could sort of see him feeling his way into the game. And I thought he got better and better, actually. And I kept saying to Nick, if we can put him in a proper part of the pitch, like next to Ruben Castro where he was playing before he um, went away, I think he would be brilliant. And he, he, him and Vialba, if they play the way they were in the second half together, I think we'll be fine. Um, Alex, I'll ask you first, because perhaps you watched it on TV. Maybe you saw things differently. Um, what did you make of Alex Gaillard's um, performance in general? No, I definitely thought, you know, it's obviously... I can't even imagine, you know, the, the difficulty it takes for to, to come back to playing football after what happened. But, you know, he, he's showing incredible heart. And, you know, I think it's just good to see him getting back out on the pitch. And, yeah, I, I, I thought he I thought he put in a pretty decent performance. And, you know, he was, he was getting around a lot, which is what we like to see. And had that free kick towards the very end, which all kind of almost came off. I'm not really sure. There was an overhead kick and, yeah. But no, I, I'm very happy with Alex Gayar and hope to see more because before before he went away, like you said, he was you know one of the one of the best players in the squad. I, I could probably say for those few games, and he was linking really well with uh, Ruben Castro. So hopefully that's something that we could reignite. I, I honestly think he was probably in the uh, last 25 minutes where I've, certainly the last 15 minutes after we'd conceded I, I think he was the best player on the pitch I, th- I thought he was excellent as thought he got better as the game went on um, Nick I don't like I said I don't listen, listen back to those Vamos a la Rosaleda episodes I'm, I'm too embarrassed to I don't know if we spoke about him on that but do you, do you have anything to add on Alex Gaillard? Well, well I said initially at the start of the, first, the second half sorry that 
by bringing him on and replacing Gennaro, it kind mm. of made us flatter. Yes, he did, yes. Bit. We, we weren't really attacking with the same intent that we'd seen, but obviously that's because we'd had to go to 4-4-2. However, as the half went on, he just got more and more involved and more and more came through him. And with both him and Vialba sort of like cutting inside and being sort of like really direct, we were creating a lot of chances. <clears throat> and like I say, even that second half when we weren't as good, you never felt really like Tenerife were going to score or that, you know, we were only moments away from taking the lead. So, you know, it was all still very positive and obviously fantastic to see Alex Gayar back after the circumstances. And if we can get him on song, Christ, we've, we've got a player there. Yes, definitely. Um, let, let's go towards that goal. And first of all, we should mention uh, um, Julian um, Delmas made his debut, came on for um, Ramahola around the 65th minute. Um, you, <laughs> we did talk about him on Vamos Adler Rosaleda. I may have used some expletives in a, um, towards a former Malaga right back, um, which I did sort of disclaim. It was a jokey comment I made about even Calero. Um, which uh, even Clara would have got the last laugh because just as we were finishing recording, talking about uh, Julian Delmas and he looked quite good and Malaga looked really good. And like Nick said, it, they looked like the team of scoring. We both looked up and the ball was going in the Malaga net as Tenerife scored uh, pretty much from nothing, Alex, it felt like. Yeah, and problems of old resurfacing again with, well... No one within 40 square miles of, of, of the striker letting him have a, an open, maybe even a, a cup of tea and read the back pages of the newspaper before he can finish. And yeah, I, I understand that you know, 90 minutes keeping up your concentration is hard, but you can't, you can't make mistakes like that. And you know, you get ahead of yourself if you're playing well. And yeah, we, we just seem to forget a, well, had a momentary lapse in concentration and that really cost us. Yeah, and it was by um, uh, Sammy Sh- um, Sash as well. The um, the other the, the English player playing for Tenerife sort of uh, sort of I don't know. You said he had lots of time, Alex. He hit the chance pretty quickly, and he it was a really odd goal. He seemed to just side foot in. It was in the top corner from eight yards, and sort of the one bit. It was, it was a really good finish. I thought actually it was sort of quite surprising. But yeah, it did come down that side where Delmas had just come on. Um, Nick, any new thoughts on the goal? Yeah, it's just uh, a sucker punch. At the time, you can hear my hissy fit on Vamosala Rosaleda when it happens, but it was it's, it was purely because it was so against the run of play. Mm. Like I say, it came out of absolutely nothing. I think Dalmas was just wrong footed, and the balls ended up at you know Samuel Shashua's. That's a hard yeah. one to say. Sa- Sammy Sash. <laughs> Sammy Sash's feet and. Um, Tenerife won the look, and it's just despair because it's just like the same old things as Alex said, happening time and time again. And you can, not that you can forgive it when you're playing poorly, but you expect it when you're playing poorly. When you're playing well and you're dominating, and this happens, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, quite, it's probably quite worth listening for um, worth people going and listening to that moment the goal goes in because Nick's really angry, and I'm sort of sitting there semi stunned, but quite sort of. I don't know, measured because I've probably been to too many games in that stadium now and seen it happen too many times. Um, Yeah, Um, it was a sucker punch. That's a good way of putting it. I think Malaga responded really well, though. Um, Obviously, we brought down uh, Luis Munoz and Fran Sol for Josebed and Chavarria. Uh, 
interestingly, I was saying we brought on Loren not long after for Fairbass, and I think I was saying to you, Nick, um, why don't we take Ruben Castro off and keep Fairbass on? Although I think Fairbass had taken a couple of knocks, hadn't he, in the last 10, 15 minutes or so. Um, but then let, let's go to Castro's goal. Um, we talk about sort of things coming from nothing, with the, um, from nowhere with a Tenerife goal. Um, I think we were sort of giving up a little bit and I kept, I, I think I might even say it on Vamos and La Rosaleda. I was sure it was like a deflection or something, but it obviously wasn't. Um, the goal was disallowed. Um, like after it gone in the net, it was taken to VAR and then given. Um, I've only really watched it back twice. Um, Alex, what was, why, why did it go to VAR? There was, um, I can't remember who it was stood in the way, but mm. there was someone stood in supposedly in the line of sight, the goalkeeper okay. in a side position. That's what I thought. So, yeah, there was you know, a bit of debate. The referee went to VAR and it was deemed that he was not in the way or he was not interfering with play. So the goal was given and, well, what a goal it was, really. I think yeah, it's it was a nice great finish. Um, the glimpses of talent from Ruben Castro and, well... We'll know he's got his locker. We just haven't seen it so far this season. So hopefully that kickstarts some sort of goal scoring hmm. rhythm. I think I think we've said that every time he scored a goal, though. But yes, hopefully uh, this time. Yeah, it was a lovely finish. Although I don't know when I watched the replay back, I wasn't a hundred percent sure whoever the player was. It might have been Loren, but I'm not hundred percent. I'm not even sure they were in offside position. But um, anyway. Um, Nick, I, I don't know if it's worth asking you because you you have the wrong end of the stadium with me. And did you have any comments on the goal? Oh, it was clearly onside. <laughs> my own, no interference. No, I, th- I think the confusion around it was uh, there. But you know, I think even we at the other end of the stadium sort of sense like how how could this possibly di- be disallowed just from the way it dropped him? I think it, uh, <clears throat> the way it came back, it was just clear. And yeah, the elation when he finally pointed to the um, centre circle after going to VAR was yeah that 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 was the moment for me that game it was like yes right we're in it and dare I say we had time to go on and win yeah. it as well that's yeah. when we were making bets about tattoos that we were doing. <laughs> well no we just to add a little bit of context there um, Nick's friend Dave the, um, who also we mentioned Preston already also from Preston uh, he had predicted about. 12.30 that um, that afternoon, hadn't he? He had predicted a 2-1 to Malaga with the added detail that they would go 1-0 down as well. So um, he did say if it came through, he would get a tattoo. Um, he, by one o'clock in the afternoon, was calling Malaga, we, <laughs> we, we must win this and stuff. So that was quite entertaining. So yes, he got very much into it. Um, um, yeah, you say, it, you know, it wasn't clear to me, Nick, because I, <laughs> I was the one saying, no, no, it deflected. And I think I even said it deflected twice. So I don't know what I was watching. Um, but yeah, that was the goal that uh, secured a point um, and secured the eventual Pacharan. Um, good performance all round. Um, we'll start with Chumbo first, though, because I think Biznaga is going to be quite interesting. Um, Alex, as our sort of man watching on TV, I'll let you go first. Who is your Chumbo? Not particularly because I didn't see anything... You know, it's hard to give because I think everyone played fairly well, but just purely because I didn't really see much from him. Uh, Pablo Chavaria, I think, okay. you know, didn't have the best of games, you know, didn't play awfully, but just, yeah, didn't really see much from him. 
given you know how well he's been playing in the last couple of weeks. Um, I'll say mine then because it's sort of on a moment, <laughs> and it's slightly influenced by Nick actually. This um, where. Uh, Sorry to sound like a broken record. It's going to be Hosebed, who I didn't think was awful, actually. He was okay. But I do remember that bit where he gave the ball away and Nick shouted, Hosebed! And uh, Tenerife shout, um, running through on goal and almost scoring. And Hosebed sort of jogging back with his hair, bouncing up and down. And yeah, that was quite annoying. That 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 moment of Nick shouting, Hosebed, really angrily, um, influenced me to pick Hosebed. So I don't know if it influenced you to pick Hosebed as well, Nick. Yeah, between that and I've got like pictures of me sort of like raising my fist into the air as if he was like some villain that had crossed me. But yeah, yeah that wasn't great. And and I think it was, it was, and like I say, he didn't play too badly. He, yeah. he played better than he's had before. He was tidy. But there was always efforts where the um, where he had a couple of chances from outside the box, and you know his finishing was just. Um, horrendous. Oh, yes. You know, he was he was hitting people in the fondo saw uh, pretty hard. Let's put it that way. He definitely was, and he was hitting uh, people in the top row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was nearly hitting us really, but yeah, it, it was it was poor. And you know, again, it was more about how it's more about what he didn't do rather than what he did do, which is a shame for him. But you know, Pablo Chavria was up there for me as well. I thought he was quiet, but for, ultimately, Hosebed is is what I would go for. Yeah, that's it. I think I don't think either of them had particularly shocking games, but they were the quieter ones on the pitch. Um, so we'll stick with you then, Alex. Uh, I think there's a nice little list for Biznaga here. There's there's one guy for me, really, but I can see why people might choose other ones. So who are you picking for Biznaga, Alex? Well, yeah, I, I think sort of it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with Family Alba. I think, you know, Mel, Pepe Mel must have said something to him or he's just had a, a you know, like you said, he's he's got one of those books over Christmas. I'm trying to remember the books I got as kids. Um, the sort of like, you know, some sort of superhero footballer. Um, but yeah, uh, I just think he, he was really good and hopefully we can get more of that from him. Um, just to go off topic a little bit, we have some live breaking news. Lago Jr. is now a Malaga player. Oh, wow. Um, so so sorry, friend the Alba, as you've played so well out on the wing uh, this past week, you, you've lost your place. <laughs> no, I hope no, I hope he stays in the team. Um, there you go, good breaking news, Alex. Um, yeah, I'll say mine. And um, just just a couple. I, I said Alex Gallardo thought was brilliant. Um, we've not said his name much. Fairbass was excellent again. Um, yeah, just was causing havoc and getting fouls and being just getting stuck in. There was a couple of times he chased back and run the ball. He's been brilliant this season. But yeah, I've compared him to Supersonic and Andreas Iniesta. Of course, I'm going to pick a Fran Vialba um, this week. Um, superb. I And not just superb, I really, really enjoyed watching him play football. And that means quite a lot to me. Um, I really just thought he was fun to watch um, and effective. So... Hopefully next time that um, effectiveness can bring three points because um, he certainly tried as hard as anyone. Um, Nick, I think you're going to go the same, but you, you can surprise me if you want. Oh, I, I, see, I'm in a pickle here. Okay, no, go because, on. Because, <clears throat> like I say, I'll, well, I'll do honourable mentions first. Gennaro and Alex Gaia in that, like you said, that final half an hour were brilliant. Um, but... Like I say, the superstar on the day was Fran Vialba. No doubt about it. He was, like I say, the blonde dynamo. He played really, really well. I don't think Vialba plays that well 
without the influence and the work rate of Alex Fabas. And I think you've got to, you know, if you're going to hold one up on a pedestal, you've got to put another one up there as well. So for me, I'm going to go against the grain and say Alex Fabas was, in theory, the best player on the pitch because his all-round game was better, but still take nothing away from Fran Vialba. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's fair and it's pretty good we have both uh, both of them on um the pedestals there. Yeah, you you're definitely right. Frank I'm not Frank Vial, but um Alex Fairbass, uh his work rate in the last sort of especially like two months has just been pfft, he does not stop. Um and he is brilliant. And for me he's our player of the season at the moment. Um more of that, please, Alex. And more of that, please, Fran Vialba. And we will definitely get those wins soon. Um, and, you know, please chip in as well, Largo Jr. Welcome to Malaga Club de Football. But uh, for now, we're going to look ahead to our next game, which is against top of the league, Abar. <laughs> So as always to finish, we are going to be previewing our upcoming game. Malaga are heading to tabletopping A-Bar this coming Sunday afternoon to start what is a tough run of games for Malaga. So to give us the lowdown on our opposition, Ivar is Liam of the European Football Express. So first of all, Liam, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Yourself, mate? Yeah, all good. We've uh, we've had a lovely chat about our uh our last game and our Pacharan and beer drinking in the city of the lovely city of Malaga. So we're all good here, I think. Um, you are joining us from Newcastle, I'm right in saying, yes? Yeah, I am. Yes, beautiful cold Newcastle. I do actually. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm a, I don't think we talked about this, but I'm a Swansea City fan, and it was always my favourite away day, Newcastle. Um, yes, it, it, it is a lovely city. Um, Usually helped by uh, Swansea City, usually winning at St. James's Park. But oh, don't, don't talk to me about Wilfred Bonny. <laughs> well, you, it's usually Michu that comes up on this podcast oh, a lot. Oh, Michu, what a man. Well, we can talk about him instead of Abar if you want, but I think no. the other two will, will stop me doing that. Um, so, of course, um, you're, you're, you're coming to us from Newcastle. I can... You know, I can hear that Geordie accent. So anytime we get a new fan on of a Segunda club, we, we always ask the question, why on earth do you support, in your case, Abar? Well, well, it started in Football Manager, really. I managed them in 2014, it would have been in the summer, just after they got promoted. And I thought, ooh, <laughs> what, this tea club's fascinating. And then I saw their next game was on Sky against Real Sociedad. I thought, well, I'll, I'll watch that. And I don't know, I've just been gripped ever since Javi Lara scored that beauty of a free kick. I don't know if you've seen it. Gorgeous free kick. Probably one of my favourite airball goals ever, really. Wow, okay. And it's gone from there. Yeah, no, no, to be honest with you, that sounds a very familiar tale. Um, um, I do another podcast with my brother called Platini Played for Kuwait, so I plug that there. And I think most of our stories start with, well, it all began with football manager, or in our case, championship manager, because... We're a little bit older, um, so I understand that. that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll ask Nick and Alex as well, because we sort of briefly had a little chat about A-Bar before we pressed record earlier. Um, we all quite like A-Bar, I think, don't we? I've got no hard or angry feelings towards A-Bar. Okay. Uh, I, think, <clears throat> I think 
Uh, obviously, last year when they were so dominant, it, it kind of like started to fester maybe because it comes from a sp- place of jealousy more than anything. But, you know, the fact that we've got this, you know, really what on paper should be a team that isn't where they are, that, that have had the players that they've had and are performing the way they are, you, you can't help but admire them a little bit, if I'm honest. Yeah, and it's not even the fact that uh, they stayed in La Liga for like a season. They stayed there for season after season after season. So I was, it's, a, it's a great story. I think, um, again, before we press record, I was saying I read um, Ewan McTay's book, um, Avar the Brave, a couple oh, of years ago. Brilliant book, brilliant. If for those that perhaps have heard about Avar and know they're this, there's this sort of underdog story, if you want a nice sort of 200 to 300 page um, brilliantly written book about the. Um, definitely go and check out that book just to get a load. And it's a really, it's it's really well done. And yeah, it's a really good read. Uh, Alex, uh, I can't remember. Have you been to a bar, Alex? Because you've been a, a few places. I haven't. No, um, but I, I, you know, obviously, it's one of the clubs in Spain that you. Yeah, I don't have any negative things to say about them, but then also it's something you, a club you look at and you think it's it, it seems like a, a well-run club and. There's a video on YouTube by a YouTuber called Rodrigo Faith, and he goes up into the apartments up above the stadium and watches the football, and I always think that's quite cool. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those stadiums uh, I think I'll try and tick off. There's a lot of the north of Spain that I haven't quite been to yet, so I'm sure I will be on, or hopefully, well, obviously I don't wish bad things upon them, but if they don't get promoted this year, then maybe next year I can go along and see them. Well, I'm going to tell you now that um, I can't go this weekend, but it's my school half term the last week of February, and if Athletic Club are at home and not playing on the Friday night, I might be going to Bilbao for the weekend and hoping a bars game falls on a different day. I might try and get them both in. That's my plan. But going back to you, Liam, uh, we always ask this is my favorite, like sort of question asking new fans. Do you have a favorite ever a bar player? Oh, one Jordan, undoubtedly. Yeah. I love that man. Yes, he is great. Such an elegant midfielder. I was good when he left. It was like when Kabai left Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. Still he's... reminisce about him. I'm trying to think. Did he did he get in the Spain squad at all, Joey? I don't think he has, has he? Because he must have got class. He's, he certainly flirted with it because there was the, when he went to Sevilla, he he had that like one spell where he was just incredible for a few months, wasn't he? He seemed I don't know. He's I, I, I feel like he's gone a bit quiet for him actually. I, I don't know if I've missed something there. He doesn't play much, does he? No, no. It's, um, I'm not sure actually. Uh, my my favourite Abar player, and I I don't I've never really even seen him play for Abar, but uh, um, I I am a little bit obsessed with David Silver, and the chapter in Ewan's oh. book where it talks about David Silver at Abar is really really good, and I like the idea of David Silver playing for them and almost taking them up to La Liga like a decade before they did oh, go up. No. So, um, do you know who was a captain for the sides that he was in? Um. I can remember Jose Mendel. Um, was it Jose Mendelaba is the manager? I feel was it Xabi Alonso? No, no, it's Gaitska Garantano. Oh, of course it was. Yes, because Xabi. Of course it is. Who is now the manager? So, um, let's perhaps yeah. take it to um current Abar, the team Malaga will be coming up against Sunday. Um, we have mentioned already earlier that you know this are the these are the. This is the team who are top of the league. I've just overtaken Las Palmas, um, who drew um, against Racing Santander on the weekend. 
Do Abar look like a team that should be top of the league, Liam? At the start of the season, I'd say no, but recent weeks, especially the last five games, have looked a lot better and finally finding off the end rhythm, I guess. But the start of the season wasn't very good. I think Garatano was probably close to the sack if he hadn't won that Huesca game. But he's turned it around fair play to him and the fans seem to be a bit more happy with it now. Yeah. Off what I see on Twitter, so... Yeah, we should say as well, Garitano is the man who uh, took them up from Segunda B to the Primera in, I think, in two consecutive seasons, if I remember yeah, rightly. Yeah, about, when was it? Twenty About 10 years ago, 2012 or 2013? Yeah, yeah. 20, oh, 2014, because we there's the amazing story that uh, Abar used, when they got promoted, do you know about their confetti? Oh, I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, it's something like they used the confetti, which Barcelona were going to use to celebrate winning the league, <laughs> but then Atletico Madrid won the league and they said, well, we wear the same colours, so have our confetti, which I always thought was quite yeah, a fun Yeah, that pitch invasion was so small, it didn't even fill the pitch. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I should ask as well, because um, obviously coming from Newcastle, um, have you had a chance to go over to Iparua yet? Not yet, sadly, but I do want to one day, obviously. Yeah. It's quite complicated to get to, I guess, from Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle don't fly from anywhere, really. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I don't know what the flights are like to Bilbao. I haven't looked at it. Actually, Alex, have you been to Bilbao? I have. I've been to yeah, Bilbao quite a few times, actually. And yeah, probably your best way is to fly direct to Bilbao. And there are flights from most airports in the UK. I'm not sure. I couldn't say with 100% certainty from Newcastle, but I imagine there'll be an airport nearby if Newcastle doesn't fly there. And actually, speaking of flights, I think Nick, I don't know if you heard it when he was at the game with me Saturday, but uh, Spider of the Giri Army was trying to talk me into going to this game by getting an 8 o'clock, eight o'clock flight from Malaga to Bilbao. No, I think it might be even later, like a 10 or 11 o'clock flight from Malaga to Bilbao, get a taxi from Bilbao to Avar go to the game and then get a taxi back to the airport and get the like seven o'clock flight back to Malaga. And he said I'd be home for 10 o'clock, but obviously I have work Monday and I thought I cannot phone work up and say I am stranded in Bilbao. <laughs> so, so I've, I've dodged it for now. I'll save it for a much uh, less hectic trip. Um, so you, obviously they are top of the league, Liam. Uh, what sort of team will Malaga be coming up against sort of, tactics style are we you know are we coming up against an aggressive team a, a forward thinking team what a lot less forward thinking than last season we've been keeping the ball quite a lot recently just trying to frustrate our opponents because obviously you don't have the ball you can't score so it's pretty simple our wing backs like getting up and then joining the attack they're actually almost creative players weirdly enough creating the most big chances especially Tajero he's the one who's a, quite a creative outlet in the team Yes, I've seen his name pop up a bit in um, on other things. Uh, yeah, so like you said, there's uh, two losses in the last 12 league games. The last time you lost was away at Cartagena on the 27th of November. Second top goal scorers in the league. Um, only beat Ibiza 1-0 in the last game, which was quite interesting, and lost to Ibiza Isla Pituusas in the cup the other day. So... <laughs> The island of Ibiza, or the teams that come from there at least, are a bit of a, a sticky point, it seems. Um, who Who is the danger man? I think I know the answer to this, but I'm happy to be told otherwise. 
Tell me, are you going to think I'm going to say Stroikov? Yeah, but I, 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 like, I was listening to obviously our friends over the Spanish Segunda show, and oh, they, I love that podcast. Yeah, they weren't fully, fully sort of full of praise for him. So, um, is, is there a different player, maybe? Uh, we've just signed a guy, well, where is it? I think he's called Jose Juan Olena from Villarreal B. He could start at the weekend because our other strikers are ah, yes. totally convincing. Yes, I mean, they're all right, but nothing to shout home about, really. Okay. Um, and also, the other one that jumped out at me on the team sheet cause, um, is Luca Zidane, who I've seen play a few times, and he's always not very good, but it sounds like he's been quite good this season, which was... Oh, he's been very good since he came in for Young. Very yeah. good. Um, which is annoying because I think every time I've seen, because I'm trying to think, I've definitely seen him play for us in Santander a couple of years ago. I've definitely seen him a couple of times and he's never very good when I see him live. So um, I was a bit annoyed to hear he's been good this season. Um, maybe it's just you cursing him. Yeah, well, like to so maybe I should go up on that flight to um, Bilbao and onwards to Abar this weekend. Well, um, please don't. <laughs> um, Nick. How sort of, you know, this A-bar team we're coming up against, do you see, I don't know, are, are, are we sort of well-equipped to take them on, do you think? Um, it was kind of like I was saying in the, um, not to peek too much behind the curtain, but in the inter-break thing that we do in between segments, you know, A-bar have obviously done really well. They've been winning games uh, quite consistently as of late, but they've not been putting teams to bed, if that makes sense. They've not been winning three or four nils. They've been getting one nil wins or two one wins. Um, so really for me, this could literally go either of the way. Uh, I think Ibar are going to have a fantastic game where they're going to absolutely root us, uh, you know, three or four nil and, and, and break that cycle. Or to be fair, we've been playing some really good, solid defensive footballers of late. I can see us coming away with at least a point as well. So, you know, Maybe not completely the other way, but half halfway to the other way potentially. Defensive football, Nick. Didn't you see some of those passing moves the other day? We're we're, we're moving away. New New Year, New Malaga. Um, as and you know the Fran Vialba effect might come into play too. What about you, Alex? Um, how do you feel we're looking going into this game? Obviously, we yeah we haven't been playing. You know, I, as you know, I'd say we've we, we've probably been playing our best football in the last sort of maybe five games. We've seen our best football this season, which obviously isn't that hard considering <laughs> the games before that. But I do think we're on a an upward trajectory, and obviously, Ibar are a really strong team, and you know, obviously, they're not they're not top of the league for for being a bad one. But having said that, like you guys have mentioned, they're not in with the goals at the moment. I'm not saying Malaga are either, but we saw what we did against Alaves. Alaves were at the, near the top of the table. They still are. But I, I do think there's there's room for an upset. It just depends on which Malaga turns up on the day. Yeah, just as um, obviously, Liam, you uh, your Twitter is the European Football Express and I've seen you uh, tweet some things about uh, Segunda football and I, I know you, you're sort of a keen follower. Um, I, I don't know if you have. have. Have you caught much of Malaga this season? I try to when I can, more during the World Cup because obviously Segunda was like the only second tier really on during the World Cup so I've got to watch plenty then. I usually uh, follow Christian Mowowski. Mowowski, me, me and Nick Bell were drinking beers and eating tapas with him Saturday afternoon. 
Oh, really? Well, there you go. I follow him just to keep up to date with Malaga, so he uh, doesn't seem too hopeful of your chances of staying up. No, but, um, but great photos. He takes a good photo. Oh, I can agree with that. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, yeah, follow him for the, the, the photo content, maybe more than the, the football Vs. The football Vs can be depressing because he's a, he's a, I think when I spend time with Christian, um, he's very much a realist and I get carried away and I'm a bit of a dreamer. And I think he's quite good for me <laughs> to, to keep me in another place. Um, although actually, Nick, when we spoke to him before the game, on Saturday, and he did feature on that episode of Vamos a la Rosaleda. He was fairly positive, actually, um, about some things. Maybe not the running of the club. Um, I think he's definitely uh, was 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 a lot happier than he had been. Yes, uh, on this season. So, yeah, that is a true sign of turn a corner that Christian Makarski is on board. Yes, definitely. Um, sticking with Malaga for a moment, then. Um, Obviously, we talked about um, we've kept the same team from the Alaves game before Christmas, apart from Juan de, um to the Tenerife game this weekend. Escassi and Gennaro are suspended. They both picked up yellow cards in our last game. Um, Alex, I don't know who, who fills those gaps because they're sort of two of our more defensive players, to say the least. I guess Esteban Burgos comes in for Escassi. You would think so, and you know, obviously, those are the two two players that I think you know we're going to miss. Escassi, I think I said I can't remember what the episode was, but it was our twenty twenty two summary. I think he's been probably one of our most consistent players in the last calendar year. Um, I don't know whether it, is Romeo an out and out right back. Can he maybe move into the centre back position? Uh, you know, I, I think he's done that before. But, yeah, it would be preferred to see Esteban Burgos. I, I think, I imagine that Vermeer will go with Esteban Burgos. But, yes, uh, I think with injuries playing in our squad at the moment, we, we're not really rife with choices. I think mm. if, if it was down to no injuries, I think I would have liked to see some of the youngsters back in. But, unfortunately, that's not to be. So, yeah, I think Esteban Burgos and, I don't know, maybe Febas drop him back into a more central role, I'm not sure, but if we like to see him further forward. I think it's gotta be bit. it's gotta be Alfred and Dai, I think. Um I think if it may be a home game, I would have maybe gone with Luis Munoz instead, just to have a bit more drive. But I quite like the idea of having or even dare I say Alex Gayar and trying to like maybe all right, Alex, maybe Fairbass has shown he can be that player that runs around and causes a bit of mischief in the middle. But uh, for me, I think against a strong Ibar team, I think it's got to be Alfred and Dai. Um, what about you, Nick? I, I, to me, it's, it's, I'm pretty certain Pepe Mao is going to pick Burgos instead of Escassi. The Gennaro thing, I think, is a bit harder to predict. No, absolutely. I think we've got more options than we think to replace Escassi at the back. You know, like, you know, we've, we've mentioned a few there. Amalo can go in there. Bustin's there. Could also play at centre back. Burgos is back. Uh, even is Andos Caro available yet? I just don't know anymore. <laughs> he always but seems again, to come back. He, he's an option, isn't he? Uh, Luis Munoz, Alfred Ndaye could actually play back there as well if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, you know, cover your your bases. But I think we're going there with the intention of snatching a point. I, I don't think Pepe Mel is. Um, Truly going to go, you know, hell to leather to get the win. Uh, if we can snatch three points, and even better. But I would rather see Alfred Ndaye, 
if utilised, go back as a centre-back or at least playing in front of them and bringing Luis Munoz in for Gennaro. Because I think, to be fair, I was impressed with Luis Munoz when he came on against mm. Tenerife. Um, and he's obviously not been in the side for a few weeks now. So this could be his opportunity to, to come back in and take it. And I think he just complements players like uh, Alex Faber so well. And, and, you know, maybe if we can shake Hoz a bit a bit. Well, yeah, to be <laughs> honest with you, I keep forgetting about Hoz a bit. I think I'd be happy with Luis Munoz and then Dai coming in for Hosebed or, or to me actually with Hosebed, I I don't know what he is told to do, but I would definitely play Alex Gayar instead of him. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's quite hard that midfield to work out what he's going to do. Um, because you are right. I don't think Pepe Mel is going to throw everything at it, but we we need to start winning some games, don't we? Um, do you think there's any chance of seeing um? Arvin Apaya off the bench, maybe? I, I I assume he can play. I don't think he's going to start, is he? Uh, yeah, I think... I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him. I think... Yeah, I think it may be a bit too early to start, but who knows? FML might want to shove him straight in there. But, yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be a shame to see Alex Gayar or, sorry, Vialba lose his position and... I think he's played well in the last game, so it'd be nice to see him and continue dare, that. And dare I say, Alex, we, we, we broke the news um, during recording of Largo Jr. signing for us. I guess he can be in the squad too. Um, we should mention he signed for t- till 2024, which uh, sort of surprised me a little bit, but fair enough. Um, we'll see how that goes. Maybe he'll get a run out as well. Um, still sticking with Malaga for this last bit. Um, we talked... I think actually, Nick, it might have even, I can't remember if we recorded it, but we certainly talked with Christian on Saturday about the run of fixtures we've got after that Tenerife game. We've got Abar away, then Burgos at home, who we know do not concede many goals. Gijon away, always a tough place to go. Then Oviedo at home. Um, this is a tough, well, certainly three weeks for us. And then, you know, that Oviedo game could be crucial. Really, yeah. I think I think to be fair, on the face of it, you know, this this one's the toughest one we're going to come up against. The top of the league for a reason, you know. You know, boxing out with the likes of Las Palmas, Burgos. I'm not too hmm. worried about. You know, at home they've seemed to have fallen away in form a little bit as of late. But yeah, I think if we can come out the next, you know, four games with six points, I think that's a good turnaround. And whether it's enough to, you know, ultimately reach the goal that Pepe Mel set himself for being out of the relegation zone by um, the end of January, I don't know. Um, but I think he's going to give it a good go. You know, there's there's just two home games in there and two away games. You, you, you've got more opportunity than most. Just quickly, before I forget to mention this, because I thought it was quite interesting, um, um, a big shout out to our friends over at the Spanish Segunda show, because I'm going to steal a stat from them now. Um, Liam, who has been on our podcast as our Zaragoza expert, um, he made a good point on the podcast this week, and I don't know if you've listened yet, but they were talking about um, this good run, inverted commas, the Malaga are on, where we are, um, what is it, we've... We've only lost one game. I wrote this down somewhere, but I can't find it. We haven't lost many games recently, basically. Um, A lot of draws. But since that run, or sorry, at the start of that run, we were... um, I'm going to find it now, because I definitely wrote it down somewhere, and it's really bugging me not thinking of it. Um, One loss in five. One loss in five, thank you. But but I think even before that, it was a couple of draws. Um, But anyway, we've had this good run. 
And before that run, we were four points clear of relegation. And we now we're like, yes, we're on a bit of a run, but we're still four points clear of relegation. <laughs> it's still, um, even when we're doing well, it seems those teams around us are um, getting good. Oh, no, sorry. One loss in the past eight, I've got written down, sorry. Um, so, yeah. Um, we don't, we're not really dragging ourselves away from it, even though we are not losing as many games. Um, so just to, before we perhaps go to Liam to give us some, his final thoughts, uh, Pepe Mel said we could or should be escaping relegation by, ja- or the relegation zone by January. Alex, do you think that is still on? I'm going to say no. Well, obviously it's still on. Uh, I think it's a possibility, but I'm leaning towards it not happening in January. I think just given the fixtures we have coming up, some really tough fixtures, as you said, and uh, I'd love to be surprised, but I'm going to lean with no on January and hope we do it in February. I'm going to agree with you exactly, Alex. I think that Oviedo game at home is going to be the big one. Obviously, the games before are, and who knows, we could be dead and buried by that Oviedo game, but there's something telling me that could be the one that gets us going again. I don't know why, that's just a feeling I've got, and I think that might be the start of February. Um, what about you, Nick? Uh, I'm going to be the eternal optimist. Good, because that's usually me. This one. I, think, I think we need it. Um, I can see it happening. Like you say, it's only four points, you know, by this time next week, we could be discussing how, sorry, Liam, Malaga have absolutely turned uh, A-bar over, uh, you know, 6-0 away. Luca uh, Zidane's had a nightmare again. <laughs> he a few in his top. I know you'll be game of <laughs> <laughs> They've just not had a good day. It's, they were out on the drink the night before. It was just, it's just gone badly. But, you know, in the same world, uh, Tenerife beat Ponferradina. So you sure. go within a point. Um, of of escape from relegation. At that point, you've then got three opportunities to to get a point. Essentially, uh, I think again, similar to last season, it's going to be dictated by the teams and how they perform around us. Lugo, you know, they've picked up points as of late, but still not in great in form. Um, Racing have obviously picked four points up in the last two games. So, you know, Jose and Berto Lopez seems to be coming back to stab us in the yeah, arse. Irritating. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but even the, some of the teams above us, you know, uh, Zaragoza aren't in fine fettle. We know that Tenerife are kind of like limping a bit. So why not? I think Pepe Mel's a wise man. Um, he knows what he's doing. And if he's set end of January, then I think he's going to do it. I think he's determined to do it. Great stuff. Um, so you've listened to us talk a bit of Malaga there, Liam. Um, I'll come to you. What, what are your sort of uh, final thoughts and feelings on this? upcoming game and if you really want to feel free to make a score prediction as well I mean I'm not going to be stupid and say 6-0 Avar, but um, I'd probably go a 1 or 2 nil win Avar. I don't think it'll be a high scoring affair we don't score many goals of late but we don't really concede the last couple of games we haven't looked like conceding apart from the Levante game of course where we were hanging on a bit but just yeah well, that's worrying because th- that implies that you're not going to say six nil here. But as soon as you hang up, you're f- you're thinking six nil. <laughs> I thought about it. Yeah. Um, okay. What about what about you? Uh, I, I don't know, Nick or Alex, if you want to add a, a score prediction or not. Nil nil. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Which I, I, jokes aside, Alex, would you take that? Definitely, I, I think you know. Oh, okay. uh, I'd bite your hand off for nil nil right now. I think, given who we're playing, I think interesting. Obviously, obviously we we could go for the win, but I think if you know if there was some higher power that gave me a deal, say take the point now or play the game, and you could win, lose or draw, I'd go for the point right now. Okay. Well, to be honest with you, Nick's got me feeling quite optimistic after his little talk at the end. So, uh, what about you, Nick? Uh, I, I think, like I say, it's going to go... I'm not going to say 6-0. Um, <laughs> not going to say that here. A bit sensationalist. But um, I, I think we can definitely come away with a draw. You know, the way we play defensively, the way we can really stifle uh, a team... Um, you know, we we can limit chances as we have in the last few games. I think we can come away with a nil-nil. Dare I say we can get a, a goal if we wanted to, maybe snatch a win or, you know, maybe a 1-1 might be fair and, and more in keeping with the way that Ibar have been playing or Abar have been playing this season. Um, plus, we've got to look what's happening around us as well. There's many opportunities for us to close the gap. So you get to half-time and you can see that the likes of, you know, Zaragoza, uh, Racing um, and Pomfredin are losing. It can, it can quite inspire you, uh, no matter where you are in the country and who you're up against. But I think, Nick, if I remember rightly, we are playing after all those teams. I think this this is not this is not the, day, the, the day after. <laughs> yeah, actually, you just point that out to me. The day after, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll know before the game. We'll be actually, inspired before the game. Um, actually, playing after us, I've just text. I'm um, checked. Miranda's are playing Lugo as our game finishes. So. Um, that will be worth watching. Ponferradina away to Tenerife the day before. Santander at home against Sporting Gijón the day before. Zaragoza away to Villarreal. Bit. And it'd be for at home to Las Palmas in a battle of the islands. So hopefully Las Palmas can get back on track there and just make sure it'd be for out of the equation at least. You don't want one of those becoming resurgent again. Um, I'm just hoping basically now that... Uh, at full time on Saturday night, Pepe Mel has gone up to Fran Vialba and gone, where the hell did that come from? And he said, it's the hair. And for this Ibar game, they're all just going to dye their hair blonde. That, that's, the, that, that's my tactic here. We just go, we, we're going for gold. <laughs> we're going for gold with the, the hairstyles and see how that works. Um, so there you go. Um, a mix of, I don't know, fairly optimistic again, I thought, actually. So that that's good to hear. Like, I like us being optimistic, even. Um, I'm easily swayed, Nick. You've got me feeling optimistic now. Um, so first of all, I'd like to say big thank you to Liam for joining us. Um, Liam, do you want to let people know where they can find you and the European Football Express on Twitter? Yes, we're just out of Twitter. I don't actually know what that at is, but it's just search the European Football Express. I'll be there. Oh, it's the at the Euro FA on Twitter for yeah. everything European football, really. And Avar, obviously. Yes, and a, and a nice nugget of Avar in there too. So once again, thank you for joining us, Liam. Um, you know, good luck <laughs> eventually. I wouldn't mind Avar going up. I do quite like them, but uh, I, I won't say good luck quite yet. Um Alex Ashmore, thank you very much. Thank you. And, yeah, well, uh, I, I do like Spider's optimism of uh, getting up to, to Ibar, but I, I can understand why you chose not to, as it might have been a bit of a tricky one if you got stuck up there. Yes. But, um, yeah. Um, vamos Malaga, and uh, hopefully we get another points being patched around on the weekend. Hopefully we can. And Nick Bell, 
can enjoy some more Pacharan. I'm going to go buy a bottle. I might have to train myself to, to like it. And, and you know, like... Can we have can a... we vi- all send you a bottle for your, for your you know, birthday or Christmas? <laughs> well, they, they both just happened, Alex. So I'll have to wait for the next one now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you get... Every week, I want a, uh, a video of your mate Dave giving a score prediction. And when I guess right, um, he can get his tattoo then. I've said, to be fair, there's a, there's a high chance the pod might be named after him this week. So don't make me look like a liar. Oh, right. Um, okay. we, I, oh, that's that's <laughs> a sudden bit no. of pressure on me at the end. <laughs> what am I just going to call it? Dave? To be fair, he did say, because I obviously watch the games at home um, every weekend through uh, La Liga Sports TV app, so he says he's going to come round. Oh. And he did say that he was um, looking to get a bottle of Pacharan to, oh. to enjoy it with. So he's fully on board. He had a, really. Like, he, I don't think I can come without him now. He had a second Pacharan. As soon as I said, shall we get another Pacharan? He didn't even blink. He said, yep, yeah, let's go straight in. Oh, no, he bought it, didn't he? He bought the second round. Um, yeah. There you go. So um, shout That's out to Dave, um, the newest member to the Malaga family, and he is very welcome to join us too. And thank you to you guys, the old Malaga family, and listeners to this podcast that join us all the time. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends about us, um, especially if our friends called Dave. They seem to really like Malaga stuff we learned this weekend. Um Share, subscribe, all that sort of thing. Retweet us, um, etc. Thank you for listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio. I've been Matt Harrison. Adios, and as always, siempre vamos Malaga. <laughs>